cookie baker, now you are 13 years old. You are a teenager and you're as good as gold. Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker, happy birthday. Hello everyone and welcome to the movie calendar. My name is Lee. And I'm Terence. And we didn't choose the Skucks life. The Skucks life chose us. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This week we are going to be talking about all about the the New Zealand favourite, the comedy, drama, the everything, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yep. Yep. Really cool. I love that uh, this is one that we're talking about. I actually only have seen this. <laughs> I've seen it twice. Um, once, well, the first time, was a week ago. Yeah, so spoilers. Spoilers for those who uh, who made it to the end of uh, our last episode of John Wick. Um, yeah, Terence hadn't actually seen Hunt for the Wilder People when we announced that we were going to be doing it this week. So uh, it was a uh, it was up in the air as to whether he was going to enjoy it or not. Um, I kind I of knew. had a feeling that he would. I knew I'd like it. I, I yeah. love Taika Waititi stuff. I'd seen so many shorts and so many little trailers of it, and it's always been on my list to watch. I just knew I'd I'd love it. I love everything I've seen Sam Neill do. I love his work. So I thought this is... He's so good in a winner. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, if you are if you are new to the movie calendar, uh, welcome. If you're listening via uh, your favorite audio podcast app, uh, we have a YouTube version available, which is the preferred method of, uh, of watching for us. Um, and if you are here on YouTube and you don't have the time to sit down and, and watch us on your devices, uh, there is an audio version on your favorite podcast app as well. Uh, however you want to get it, we're just here to talk about the movie, have a good time. And at the very end of the episode, we're going to place the film onto our movie calendar. So the mm-hmm. idea is we're going to fill all 365 days with amazing pieces of cinema that branch all kinds of different genres. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be something that when it's all done, uh, you'll be able to flick to a day and and, uh, and pick a film to watch. It's going to be super fun. And we're not going to be the ones that are choosing all of the days. Hopefully, we're not the ones that are going to be choosing all the days. We want your input as well. So we've got different ways you can get in contact with us. We are on Twitter at uh, The Movie Cal. We're also on Instagram at The Movie Cal. We have a website, which is themoviecalendar.com. And we have an email address as well. So if you just want to reach out to us and tell us a little story or submit your own dates for the movie calendar, it is themoviecal at gmail.com. Perfect. Ah, Nailed it. That was in one breath. Yeah, really well done. You can you can comment on any of our on on any tweets, on any Instagram posts, comment with your calendar dates or anything you want to say there as well. But big conversations. Yeah. Put them in right the email. here. Right yeah. here on YouTube as well. Um, if you're yes. if you're joining us there, feel free to to jump in the comments below. We'll be able to reply in there as well and have a have a good chat about the films. But yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. Right. Well, let's start chatting about the uh, film. Oh my gosh, yeah. So Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People. Let the film discussion begin. Um, I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, much like the the episode that we did last week on John Wick, I, I missed this one in the cinema. It was recommended to me after the fact uh, by one of my managers at the time, surprisingly enough. She'd, uh, she'd seen it and, uh, and recommended I give it a go. And I'm so glad that I did. It is absolutely hysterical. One of the funniest movies that I've ever seen. I, I watched this with my wife and I was... I never watched something with my child the very first time... We see it if it's not specifically for children. But to be honest, I didn't even look at what the, the rating was going to be. And I regret not watching it with my daughter sooner. We just couldn't lock in a time where we're going to 
So it sounds like she's out working and she's 10. We just had things on school and all that. But I want to sit down with her and watch it. I think she'll enjoy it. She'll love it. She loves that type of humor. Um, it's, it's such a beautiful film as well. The comedy is just outstanding. The, the delivery is perfect. All the cast are brilliant. Uh, not only great actors, but great actors that can deliver comedy extremely well. And that's, that's an extra skill to, uh, to master for an actor as well. But I, I think this is a film for everyone, except for my mother. She didn't like it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, talk she's cancelled. I'm like, hey, listen to our next episode. And uh, she goes, yeah, I want to. I'm very proud of you. Said, oh, this is nice. I said, hunt for the wilder people. And she goes, oh, yeah, I saw some of that. I didn't like it at all. Not my humor. Wow. Okay. Unreal. Now, yeah, it's weird when I talk to her now. There's this really weird, it's a weird vibe going yeah. on. I, I know that feeling all too well with, uh, with some <laughs> of my friends and family who, who don't appreciate good cinema. No, it's fine. Cinema yeah, is objective, just like sorry. all art. And, uh, and yeah, if you like something that I don't or uh, I like something that you don't, it doesn't lessen the experience for You're either of us. It's all fine. We're here to, to, oh. to have a, a good time and celebrate cinema. Yep. And yep, this is yep. definitely one to be celebrated. Yeah, I was half uh, half a mind as to whether to recommend this one that you watch with your kids or not, because whilst it, it does have a, a PG rating here in, in Australia, uh, there is a, a little bit of violence, um, mm-hmm. especially, oh, and full spoilers as well going ahead. If you have not seen Hunt for the Wilder People, hunt it down, uh, check out your, your local streaming services, uh, or you can rent or, or buy it. Um, or pick up physical media as well if uh, if you're still going for that sort of thing. But yeah, this is definitely one that you want on the shelf to to watch yep. uh, every single year at a date to be determined. Yep, yeah, uh, yep. it's uh, it's just gorgeous. But yeah, I, I wasn't uh, sure as to whether to recommend that you watch it with the kids or not because yeah, there is a bit of yeah a bit of violence, especially uh, the moment with the with the hog for the first mm-hmm. time where where Auntie Bella jumps on and and starts uh, yeah uh, yep. throwing the blade into the End uh, of the hog, and it's like it's funny. It's played it's for laughs, but Ricky uh, has no- a brilliant uh, response. It's pretty <laughs> accurate to what a kid would probably be feeling—a kid from the suburbs or from the city. You know, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I warned my the, daughter the actually. And faints. I told her about that. I said, "Hey, we should watch it. I just want to let you know there's a scene where we see an animal get killed, but we don't see it. We just know it's happening. There's blood, and it's a knife." And she was. She was listening to me going, okay, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And she's kind of just calculating in her, in her head yeah. whether or not whether or not she could. So, we'll, and she, we'll see how we she go. hasn't seen it yet. No, no. I'd love to get her reaction. If she watches it in the next week, um, next week's episode, I might get a, a catch up on that if, she, if, if yep. you're able to sit down and watch it with her. Yeah, all right, um, all right. If, look, if, if you are here and you haven't seen the film and you just want to listen to us have a bit of banter around, um, that's great as well. I'll give you a quick little rundown as to what the film's about. It's about a, uh, yeah, what is it, a 13-year-old uh, bad egg of a kid, uh, as, he's, as he's called in, in New Zealand. A real bad um, egg. A real bad egg. So he's, a, he's an orphan kid and he, he gets uh, sent out to a, a farm out in the middle of the bush uh, to live with. Uh, live, live with this couple. It's Auntie Bella and uh, Uncle Heck. Uh, Auntie Bella is just a, a, a sweet, uh, a sweet woman who you can tell has just kind of wanted wanted to have you know a kid to love, uh, to take someone in and, and take care of them. And, and the the couple love each other very much. And he the the man is a an old gruff Australian bloke, 
who uh who yeah very very bushman you know there's a you can see it in his eyes he's lived out in the wilderness for quite some time and and yeah it's about uh kind of them sort of going on a journey together and that's kind of all i'll i'll say if that intrigues you and you want to go and watch it now um then please feel free and then come back and continue on otherwise from here on out full spoilers one thing you didn't mention lee is we've got descriptions in the no time codes in the description so if you do want to skip ahead go for it we'll put it down there make it easy for you if you want to get to the juice that you came here for and you don't have the time to listen to us yeah feel free to jump around yeah yeah all right that was a good description um let's let's get into it how do you want to kind of dissect this film where should we start oh you can't you can't talk about this film and not talk about how funny it is. Those those who who aren't aware, Taika Waititi is the director of this film, who is a um, yeah a New Zealand uh, film director. Uh, you probably know him best from Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok, uh, the two biggest films that he's done. And he's also directed episodes of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. If you're a Star Wars fan, uh, his other films include uh, Eagle vs Shark boy and what we do in the shadows and if you haven't seen any of those films uh check them out as well they are all fantastic really heartfelt um he's really good at at bringing heart into the humor as well there's there's no real point in having a comedy unless it's got a bunch of heart in in my opinion and this one has it uh in in immeasurable um uh, amounts it's uh it's brilliant but no i'd i'd love to talk about some of the comedy first because it's (laughs) it you can't go past it it's too good all right, well, should we start near the beginning? Well, we don't have to go chronologically, but let's let's talk about one of the funniest things that happens near the very beginning. It happens twice in this film. Since watching it, I've seen, you know, going online, I didn't do too much research with this, but I did look into a couple of things that interested me, and I've seen T-shirts with this written all over it, and I took the time to actually write it down, uh, and it is the quote that the Child Welfare Services lady, Paula, says to Bella uh, to when he's describing her. Ricky yeah. she's describing it's, it's Ricky. the exposition dump that you get for that our for so our lead good. character of Ricky Baker it's so good and it's not enough just to say what about how she describes it and then we talk about a couple of things I wrote it down because it has to be heard in its entirety once do again it. we're not going to do this with every single quote in the film because this film is pretty much just quote 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 you know banger after banger so here it is here he is he is a re- I'm reading this I'm reading this a real bad egg. We're talking disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, defacing stuff, burning stuff, loitering and graffitiing. And that's just the stuff we know about. It's so good. And all every single one that she says, the visual storytelling language that happens as well, it's just, it's sharp cuts of him doing all of these things. And it's hilarious. Some of them are all in one. So the, the spitting, running away is all done in <laughs> one shot. Where bridge. He, he spits off a bridge and just stops and then runs, runs in the other direction. My favorite yeah, one is the loitering. Right. <laughs> and he's loitering on the just... side of the road, screaming out to the sky. And he might just be singing or something. Yeah. <laughs> and kicking. Kicking stuff. Kicking stuff. I love it. I should also point out, as Australians, it is very, I'm not going to say easy because we don't do it right often, uh, but it's very easy to want to fall into the, I'm going to imitate a New Zealand accent. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my best not to do that. (laughs) I'm fully going to do it. I'm just just not going to be able to stop myself. I mean, I've ever since, ever since this film came out, I have been (laughs) quoting Taika Waititi, especially him as the, 
as the, as minister, the minister in the church. Yeah, and and oh. of, like if if yeah, if you haven't heard the name Taika Waititi before with Thor Ragnarok, if you've seen that film and you love that film, the character Korg, the big rock monster, that is Taika Waititi. So he, that mm. that is him. He plays that character as well as directing that film. So and every line that he has in that movie is uh, is just is gold. He he is one of the directors that will put himself into the film. I think he loves his work so much. And he also can bring his characters to life the exact way that he feels they should be done. I don't know if that's the reason he's in the films. He's a brilliant actor as well. Uh, uh, he's as great. an incredible director. So, you know, the, and of course, he plays the minister in this film also. Um, but that the way he does that is just unbelievable. And the lines, the, the, the way he picks his words he he wrote this as well didn't he did he write yeah it? He, he adapted it he adapted it from the book so it's based off a uh a, a new zealand book called um wild pork and watercress uh by uh barry crump mm-hmm. i was very glad i didn't say billy crudup every time i've tried to say barry crump i've kept saying billy crudup who is an he's an american actor almost um, so famous he, he he is a name, right? Mm. Yeah, and I was, if you might know him from Watchmen, uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, he plays um, uh, Doctor Manhattan in that film. Is where is where I know him from. But yeah, so Barry Crump uh, wrote the book. So this is a uh, adapted off. The reason why Taika didn't want to call the film uh, Wild Pork and Watercress. Uh, was because he didn't want to have a movie that had the word pork in the title, which I just love that as a fun fact. He just is like, it just, it felt weird. So he just, he, and it didn't, it didn't have a lot of urgency either. So he wanted to, to change it. So yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People became the, the title, cool. which is a, a much better title. Sorry. Sorry, I Barry. I like how, how he brought that in with, with the writing, with the Wildebeest and how they tied it in and it wasn't an epiphany of hey let's call ourselves the wilder people it was really nice how they drew it out and brought it in later on that was nice that was nice uh all right all right uh let's do some more funnies (laughs) let's talk more comedy what else what else do you there's so many right in that in that opening scene when he you know gets it gets out of the police car out at the out that that old rundown home and just just walks (laughs) walks around and then has a look at the surroundings and just gets back in the police car they finally get him back out and then they're about to leave and, and Auntie Bella it, you know, it explains, you know, what's going on. Hi, I'm I'm Bella, you can call me Auntie and you know, that's that's heck. You can call him Uncle Uncle Heck if you like and no no he can't off in the off in the distance. And then she's just oh, um if you if you haven't seen the film, uh, uh Ricky's quite a, a heavy kid. He's quite a big kid and so which which comes into play when when Auntie Bella is like, oh, come on, come inside. We'll fix you something to eat. You hungry? Of course you are. Look at you. <laughs> oh, man, she's got a great laugh, doesn't she? Oh, she's she, so good. She is infectiously warm and loving. Yeah. Uh, she does have a fat joke laugh before that too. <laughs> and just gives her the biggest outburst of, yeah. of laughter. She laughs with her entire body. Oh, man. Uh, and that you can't, you can't help but laugh along. It's so great. Yeah. So, I, can, I want to talk about her for, for a second. We'll, yeah, we'll okay. talk about the funnies in a bit. But there's a, like, we've we've said spoilers. She's not in the film for very long. Um, we uh, we unfortunately lose her quite early and in a in a quite an abrupt way, in a way that yeah. you just don't see coming. But her her warmth uh, and love is is just throughout the entire film. It's set up so well. Her relationship with her with her husband and with uh, and with Ricky is just. 
it's so well established in such a short time frame like it's mm. super efficient it's about kind of 15 to 20 minutes in that 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 she goes uh and she and she's felt through the in the entire film just in in so many little moments of you know her tucking the hot water bottle into his bed or you know making sure that he's got books because she heard that he likes reading and yeah, you can you can tell how much she cares. You know, teaching him how to do things on the farm, and yeah, there's a there's a real love there, and and it's felt uh, it's felt the entire way. It's nice how she she's and this is what you would expect out of any loving family, um, and this is something I want to talk about later as well. But how she sees Ricky for what she is, for what Ricky is, not for what he's done, and what we've seen and heard, which is how child welfare yep. services knows of Ricky. They just know about the stories they hear. They have no idea about yeah. what kind she of nice care. kid he is, you know? Heck talks about him at the end. Sam Neill's character says, you're quite a likable kid, you know? And uh, it's like, oh, it's it's really good. And Heck and Bella could both see that, even though Heck is, you know, not going to show it. Yep. But it was, a, it was a nice way to, to weigh up the two worlds uh, and, and let her be the one... To let Ricky know, you know, there's love here and you're welcome here. It's very nice. Yeah, she's very so cool. she's just so grateful, I think, to have to have, you know, have Ricky in, in her mm. life and and as uh and as is explained later by by Hecky that she's just she's such a loving a loving person who, who didn't really have a family of her own and so would take in strays like mm-hmm. like him, like Ricky, like the dogs. Uh, so that she could create a home for them, and the yeah. the character development in this movie is is so well done uh, because it doesn't rely heavily on exposition. There's the moments are in there, of course, because you have to have them. But it's all of the character development stuff is done through actions, uh, which is super useful. I'm not sure if you noticed or not, but the use of silence in this film is 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 really well done, especially in the opening. Our two lead characters of this movie, so Ricky and Uncle Heck. They don't speak a word of dialogue until ten minutes into the movie. Wow! And then even and then even then, it's just a couple of words to each other. Where Ricky's eating the pancake yeah. and he says, "Good pancake." Yeah. Uh, Auntie said that you should give me some work to do. What should I do? And he says, "Leave me alone." Cool. And that's it. And that's the first cool. time that those characters open their mouth in the uh, yeah. in the entire uh, for the for the first time in the film. Yeah, it's, I didn't really notice it until I I just watched it again uh, recently. But yeah, they don't speak to each other uh, and you kind of just learn a lot about them in that in that silence yeah. um, you kind of get the stoicism of, of Uncle Heck and and kind of the stubbornness of of Ricky and uh, and then soon after that the next thing that he says when he's with Auntie Bella is he just starts reciting a haiku yeah yeah which is is just such an interesting character trait like oh wow like all we know about this kid so far is that he's a deviant essentially you know, spinning, running away, throwing stuff, burning stuff, uh, and then all of a sudden he comes out and he's he's like, oh yeah, this this woman made me learn haikus as a as a way to express myself, and mm. so he he just starts making up these haikus, and it's such a really nice piece of character development because it, it makes him more more sort of three dimensional than uh, than what we're given so far, and those moments are just throughout this film, uh, and yeah, I'll talk about some more him. some more of them, but yeah, it uh, it's really really well done and not done in a way where you know, it's it's a character telling someone else, you know, oh, he he likes this or this is what he's like. It's, yeah, it's him being who he is. Yeah, yeah, and we we see that change over time. But hey, that's going. Let's talk about more of that heavy stuff later on. 
Let's talk about more fun Oh, you things. thought that was heavy. You wait. Well, you wait until I get into it. Okay, that can start the heavies later on. Let's talk more more comedic uh, actions. Because I know if I don't get these out now, it's going to be the end of this episode. And I'm going to say, wait, wait, wait. What about this thing? Okay, wait, sure. How good was this? Uh, all right. Now, I do have a few of these written down. I have a few. Uh, and these might not be in order. But I love when the, after the shed burns down... And Child Welfare Services is there and Paula is looking through the debris and she runs her finger across the, the rim of the yeah. the He's drawn, he's drawn, his, he's drawn his face on a plate <laughs> to, to try and fool them that he's burned himself <laughs> and in she the has, barn. And she looks at her fingers as if this is what this is. Okay, now will I know? This ain't no burnt foster kid. And then the other cop, Andy, goes, how can you tell Paula? <laughs> she chucks a plate at him I just you know those little things are hilarious Th- yeah those two characters are absolute standouts wonderful wonderful comedic performances from, from everyone in the film but yeah they are yeah. absolute standout Paula yeah the, the child welfare um, woman who who thinks she's like a cop in an American yep. TV show like that's reading rights yep. at the end <laughs> it's more of an American thing we don't say that in New Zealand oh I'm doing the New Zealand accent already I'm I do apologise. It's, it's just going to happen. It's all right. We've said you will and I won't. But I love yeah. that. She reads the writing. Goes, it's more of an American thing. You're not even a cop. <laughs> I yeah, didn't realise she wasn't a cop. No, didn't no. Even, she even she thinks she is. It didn't even click to me. They do have a good uh, a good rapport as well. I wonder if they've worked together before. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but I, it don't, also I don't think they, they, they have. Haven't. No, she, she has been in, I think, all of Tyker's films. Really, uh, and he is a uh, he is a writer actually who um, oh, cool. uh, in 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 New Zealand and an actor and a really good actor as well. And uh, he and Tyker are friends. That's cool. I noticed a little friend link later on. Another funny bit when Ricky does his second haiku about Kingy and how he doesn't like Kingy. And straight yeah, after Kingy, that, Bella's like, Kingy's "No more haikus today." Yeah. Well, is he a character or is it the name of of one of the actors? No, I think he's a character in the film Boy. Oh, oh, okay. Because I think it's a surname of one of the actors in this film as well. Uh, right, the, no, it's the a father of it's a the link, girl. Kingy, Kingy's a link to another another of Tiger's films, Boy. Yeah, well, I'm, I wonder, I'm maybe it's fairly a, certain. Maybe it's a common uh, common name. I don't know. Yeah, here's my here's my ignorance on New Zealand culture and yeah. everything international. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Uh, so that okay. Uh, lots there that yeah those two the way they bounce off each other the whole way through is really cool the oh I don't know where do I go I've got my things that's right I can I'll jump I'll jump in you're getting a little bit you're getting a little bit excited which is which is wonderful but I'll I've got yeah I've got a lot as well tone me down Um, tone me down one of my one of no never no fire you up is what I want (laughs) Um, yeah there's a there's a I think my favourite line in the entire film uh, and I th- and objectively the funniest line in the entire film. It's in the trailer. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer uh, and you haven't seen the film, don't. But if you ever just want to hear this line again, you can throw on the trailer because it's in there. And it's when you know they they're lost they're lost together in the bush after after Bella dies. You know, um, uh, Ricky runs away and and Heck goes to goes to find him and and they end up going on the run together. And uh, and the you know it's a big manhunt. The police are chasing them down, and they they catch up with Ricky at, on either side of the ravine. Uh, there's a ravine that the cops can't get to, and Ricky's on one side, and they're trying to, you know, how how like come come back over here, Ricky. It's, it's fine. And he's like, no, you'll never, 
you'll never catch me. And as <laughs> Paula, Paula, the child welfare uh, woman is uh, is like, oh, I'm I'm not going to stop hunting you. I'm relentless. I'm like the Terminator. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm I'm more like Terminator than you. He's like, nah, no. Nah, I said at first you're more like Sarah Connor. Oh, but in the in the first one before she could do chin ups, she could do push ups. <laughs> oh, and great. Ricky's like, what? No way. <laughs> I want to be terminated, and then she tries to entice him over. We got Scroggin. Yes, I don't. Scroggin I don't know how. Mix. Is that a yeah? That's trail mix. Is that just an Australian? Yeah, so or that's New how Zealand it's, it's thing? in in New Zealand. It's it's called Scroggin. It um, is I in Australia that. as well. I've never I've never heard of it being yeah, called yeah. Uh, being called Scroggin before. I've only ever had it be called trail mix. So yeah, if yeah. if you if you're not from New Zealand or Australia and you were wondering what that is in the US, it's uh, it's known as trail as trail mix, mix or the rest no, of the world. There's lots of there's lots of little things like that that uh, are, are yeah. localized, but but kind of add to the world and yeah, it's re- are really cool. But that's fine. And while she's holding up the bag and describing there's nuts and chocolate, uh, Andy, the police officer, starts gazing at the bag of Scroggin (laughs) like, really? And that comes later on as well when he's he's sitting there munching on it later. Yeah. When they do that really awesome panning edit. Yeah, they do two two of those in the film. And that's all done in in camera where it's just- Really? On a tripod. Yep. Yep. It's using just extras and stunt doubles- it's all done of and people running behind the camera to get in different positions. It's all it's all done in camera. There's wow. no uh, there's no wetter trickery in there at all. It's wow. uh, it's all real, which is really impressive. Wow, you just got me backtracking through. The, I'm going to watch that again now. Yeah, watch the scene. There's there's a couple nice. of scenes. Um, one with sort of just Ricky, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where it, it the camera just sort of spins spins around in a circle. And yeah, he where sort he's of lost. runs behind the camera, and yeah. then yeah, and, and they'll be, he'll be walking off in the distance. That'll be a stunt double. But yeah, that's all mm. one take, uh, and there's no there's no movie magic done. It's all it's all done with doubles. That's uh, really amazing. And, uh, and it's all yeah, it's all in camera, as they say, and it's that's, it's excellent filmmaking. It's a good way to keep the production uh, production costs down. Yeah, not an expensive movie. This one made mm. made on the cheap. Oh, cool. Um, I uh, okay, another bit when they're when they're lost and Ricky's. I, I don't know. They've they've cut from some other scene directly in, and you hear this music, this like '90s hip hop, and Ricky's dancing to it, and there's a close up on his feet shuffling away, and he's doing these cool, cool uh, moves, and he's wearing a Walkman made of leaves and branches. <laughs> he's yeah, in he's, his he's own been, head. He's been he's been stuck out in the wilderness for oh. too long and he's kind of gone a bit crazy. His delirium is things. bringing music into his If mind. you look around in the background, he's actually made a few things as well. Like there's like a bike made out of sticks and <laughs> yes. yeah. They they do a few of those pans around just I guess yep. that's a nice little tool to show the passing of time and yeah, they have been there for quite a long time, which yeah. I, uh, honestly the very first time I saw it, I I did miss and I was thinking Wow, Heck's ankle got better real quick because I, th- I yeah, saw no, they'd him like set up camp. They and, did really. Yeah, they'd nice, been there. They'd been there for weeks. They did nice, um, nice transitions because he gets up with his crutch and tests walking on his ankle, and, and then he's just it's walking a bit off. tender, and then he's walking off. And the second yeah, time I watched, very it, clever. I'm ready to nail into this, and I'm going to talk a bit about this on the episode. And then I realized, oh, he's actually wearing different clothing. Yeah, ah, that was a. That was a jump in time there. So it's it's edited really well. 
um, brilliant editing, and it's yeah, like like I mentioned before, it's it's really efficient in all mm. kinds of storytelling with its character development, mm-hmm. um, in its humor, and yep. yeah, with 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 its editing and pacing, it's um, uh, part yes. of that. I think comes down to it did a really interesting um, cinematic technique of of breaking the film up into chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked that. Um, yep. I liked it as a mechanism in in this particular film. It kind of you know, it's a it's a really nice harken back to its origins as as being a novel, um, and it keeps the it keeps the pace keeps the pace going and and yeah keeps keeps the intrigue as well. I feel uh, breaking it up into those those chapters. I'm guessing the chapters would have been the same chapters in the book. I honestly I don't hope that they would don't be. Don't know. Um, was, I they they might be. They might not be. I, I haven't mm. read the novel, so I'm not sure. I thought it was interesting, especially because Heck can't read. You know, there's some some parallel going on there that, you know, Ricky helps him realize reading is not silly and he becomes a reader at the end. He's teaching himself how to read. And that's kind of nice little a nice little theme that goes through it. Yeah, well, there's Um, the interesting, um, interesting link there between Heck, Uncle Heck not knowing how to read and mm -hmm. then being stuck at that camp for the first time. Yeah, yeah. uh, Is is that's the that's the moment where um, Ricky Baker finds out that that uncle that can't, can't read can't read and so he yeah. starts you know having a go at him as you know a 13 year old boy would do yeah and uh, and Uncle Heck understandably gets angry and starts charging towards him and 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 twists and breaks his ankle mm. which kind of forces them to be in the one spot and and learn to kind of work together for a little bit to survive uh, while his foot heals but I noticed there's only really three times that heck gets angry in the movie and every time he does something bad happens oh really so that's the first one is he he gets yeah. he gets angry at ricky because he's teasing him which yep. you know fair enough i probably would as well and so he and he gets his ankle broken he does uh, written them down crunch. yep uh he's having when he's having a go at ricky because ricky keeps calling himself a gangster mm. and he's like oh and and he turned Hex just had enough of it and he turns around and he's like, you're not a bloody gangster. Like, I yeah. know gangsters. Like, you're not. You're too soft. And he's, he's yelling at him and it's at that moment his yelling is so loud that's when the, the wild hog comes up over the hill and almost kills them. Oh, you know, that, Ricky, Ricky that's when has the to dogs, step in and shoot. Yeah, when, when the, the dogs dog, yeah. run off. And, okay. the, and, the, and the dog, yeah, when the dog has to be put down is because he, he was yelling at... Um, yeah, yelling at uh, at Ricky so loud, this this hog came up over the hill and, and started attacking them. No. Yep. No, he yep. yells at Ricky and the dogs just go nuts and bolt. No, it's... And he, the hog he, is in, in a little he creek. He yells yeah. and he looks up and there's the hog. I watched it back. Yeah, because I wanted to check to make sure if I was right. And then the third one uh, is at the, at the standoff right at the end where they're kind of their version of the Alamo. And, yeah. Uh, um, and he's... You know, oh yeah, in Ricky's the car like, yard. He's a he's molesting me, and yeah, yeah, and so he starts getting really angry, and then he and then he gets he gets shot in the back, in the back or the butt, or in the bum. Shot? He gets shot in the bum, yeah, <laughs> by by Rick, by Ricky. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, so every time every time Heck gets angry, um, something bad happens to him. Wow, which I don't think Big is an lesson. accident. I'm sure that would have been written in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's building tension and, you know, you you come up to a climax and yep. boom, we get hit. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, look, I'm going to rewatch the hog scene because I thought they were in a creek. Remember, they run to where it is and the dogs they are down run there. Down. Yeah, they end up down in the creek. And he has to jump down into the creek to get to where the dogs had run to. Yeah. And they're, they're fighting the, and he gets hurt. And that's when the yeah. other they're the having other hog comes. But, but what they precedes that is a, is a massive argument. Yeah, up on the hill. Anyway, I don't think that happened because of it, but I think it was more a story writing thing. All right, I'm going to watch it again with my daughter and I'll ring you, Lee, and I'm going to say, boy, I was right. I don't know. If, okay, let's move on. Let's move okay. on. <laughs> uh, when the, um, the girl on the horse appears... After they've oh, yeah. gone to one of the huts and they find a ranger who is, is near death. Um, he's obviously had some, like a hyperglycemic um, event and he's, he's, yeah. he's nearly he's gone. diabetic. And Ricky runs down and finds help. That whole segment was just out of the blue. I thought that was a beautiful little, little nugget to place in this film. It yeah. was just... Just beautiful. It, sets, and it helps set up the end and you don't realise yeah. that it's doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of takes you a couple of times to be like, oh, like to settle into it. Like it's mm. it's really odd that this, yeah, they ran it because they're having such a good time kind of out in the out in the wilderness on the run. Yeah. Um, they're just planning on kind of living out there forever. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, yeah, then Ricky finds himself in back in civilization for a, 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 a wink of a moment. Mm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, is is kind of enjoying himself a little bit too much, and and falls asleep on the on the couch. But yeah, that that whole that whole sequence again is hilarious because yeah. that young girl's dad is just <laughs> is is so good asking for the He's for the great. selfie and yeah, that was great. <laughs> but yeah, you take a girl. you take a selfie, take a selfie of us. <laughs> it's not called a selfie if I take it. Um, <laughs> th- but she is incredible. You know, I, amazing. I spoke at the beginning about the pacing and the 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 delivery of of all these actors the way she does it she's probably got more lines than sam neill's character in the whole thing probably she speaks so quickly and you know i love it she's like i talk too much people say i talk too much just tell me if i talk too much i'll stop talking you want to join you know (laughs) no i'm just kidding yeah nah just kidding the way she flicks in and out she has this cold delivery that sarcasm she just speaks pure sarcasm she has this beautiful laugh like bella you know in the same vein the way that bella laughs with her whole body and you totally believe it same with this girl it's very hard to see um see people laugh in a way that doesn't feel like they're acting laughing it was really really nice i'm not sure who who she is um i did i didn't have her name written down but you're absolutely right she was amazing uh, a fun fact about her getting that role yeah. she wasn't supposed to be in the movie she was a friend of someone who was going to audition or and who had the like when you go for an audition you have like a, a little notice to like the character description before you go mm-hmm. in and her friend read the character description and gave it to her and said this is you like you you, you need to go and read oh, for this cool. and that's, that's how really she got the cool. part yeah oh, really that's cool that's nice I thought I thought you were going to say something like they were waiting and she was acting no. it out and her friend went for the audition didn't get it and her friend no. got it that would really suck. Oh, that's it's not really a it's not a it's not a Mel Gibson in Mad Max scenario. Oh, that's really cool. Well, maybe we'll talk about that one later on. But um, that's nice to know. This movie's nice all throughout. It looks like um, uh, the. the just the, the way she plays music as well and how she sings yeah. and the dad comes in and sings. 
I love, you know, it was yeah. so beautiful. And classic, is- classic Taika trope, that one, where those two are having that intimate moment with the guitar and then and the, the-, the shot pulls back and he's, the dad's oh, there and like yeah. he's been in the room the whole time. That's a very classic Taika Taika thing. Really? Yeah. yeah, someone's been in the room the whole time and you just didn't know. Oh, very cool. Intimate I listened. I listened to the. I, I listened to the audio commentary for the first time. Yeah, uh, and he he constantly like referring to certain shots. Him, Taika Waititi is doing the director's commentary, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, that's such a classic Taika trope." <laughs> Does it count if himself. you name you name your own tropes? Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> he's he allowed. can. He's allowed. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. He's he's so great. Exactly. He, yeah. And what, I don't know, I like when Ricky's telling Heck the story, you know, when they finally catch up to each other again. And he's like, so you listen to a song, you had a sausage and you fell asleep. Sleep. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was, what did he say? It was a lovely song and it was a lovely sausage. Yeah. I can't remember the word he used. Yeah. I don't remember. It's uh, great. Beautiful. But yeah, that, that whole scene was really, uh, really beautiful uh and i love how ricky he reaches out at the end oh, and yeah when she goes up on the horse you know it's yeah. cool you know that he names the dog tupac and yeah you know and and again back to the beginning what should i name him i want to name him something that reflects his personality yeah. something like what are, what are the names oh psycho psycho megatron megatron or tupac <laughs> or tupac what's a tupac yeah, who's, who's tupac yeah, oh, he's just oh, the he's best just rapper. this really cool guy who's like my best friend. <laughs> my best friend. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love that. Uh, all right, there are a couple more really funnies that I want to say. Um, all right, the the when he's talking to the girl and you know he's really cool. He's my uncle. He's like the best bushman in the country, and he taught me everything he knows. So we're pretty much yeah. the two best bushmen in the country. Yeah, uh, the, that is cool. When he he gets to he gets back to the hut. After being with the girl and her dad, uh, he gets back to the hut and he's peering over and he sees all the police there and they're all in their SWAT gear, their full get up. And he goes, ninjas, ninjas. <laughs> I've literally got ninjas exclamation point written ninjas. down in my notes. Yeah. And then he sees like so the, canine, funny. the canine squad. He goes, dire wolves. Dire wolves. <laughs> yeah. And then child welfare. The worst of the lot of them. Yeah. And, th- and they do the whole bit where the news reporters are out in the... Um, out in the field reporting and the, the, the male reporter is like, this reminds me of John Rambo, First Blood, except there are two of them and they're somewhere out there beyond the cutty grass. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> cutty grass is such an Australian and New Zealand yeah, it's thing. So, it's so good. The dangers of the wild. Uh, all right. There are lots of more funny things. I think we might Excellent. get to them as we, as we dot through. Yeah. I've got a, um, I've got a couple for in, in What About When, but I... Yeah. Uh, I love that, um, like, surprise Reese Darby in this film, like, turning up you know, towards the end. Very welcome. Yeah, literally, yeah, literally surprise, surprise yeah. Reese Darby. If you don't know who Reese Darby is, uh, he's a brilliant New Zealand comedian. You should check out some of his stuff. He's got some great stand up. Yeah, look at um, Flight of the Concords. Yeah. It's all very funny. Say, Flight of the Concords. He's in, he's in other Tiger films, too. Yep. Yeah, uh, excellent. Um, check, check him out. He's, he's well worth your time. And he yeah, he, he rocks him. up kind of in the last third of this film and as, uh, as Psycho Sam uh, and invites them into his, into his home. And I love when, when Ricky's like, why do, they, why do they call him Psycho <laughs> Sam? And he, he, he comes out with like colanders and puts them on, puts them on their heads. He goes, there you go. This will stop the government from tracking you. And Ricky's, oh, never, never mind. That's why. 
Yeah, never mind. Yeah. And the, the mouldy biscuits. <laughs> oh, the mouldy biscuits about to... are so gross. <laughs> yeah, he was going for it. Oh. Yeah, awful. Yeah, right. Psycho All Sam right. was great. There's, that's cool. And yeah, yeah, the, the Terminator pit where they're at the ravine, what you, the ravine, the ravine that you mentioned, <laughs> that they're about to go down, stay there. And it's a bit too slippery for them. And they're like, oh. You come over here. You come here. It's fine. It's safe. Just hold on to all the roots and branches and stuff. Come up. Come up. Just the the awkwardness. I think they all do awkward brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and awkward and sarcasm yeah. is just so good in this entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. A lot of other things we've got to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I think there's. I think we're going to hit on a lot of the other comedic things that I yes. want to talk about in the in yeah, the segment too. that we do called "What About When." Um, I'd love to talk about some some drama because yeah. I like I I knew the the film was funny, right? I haven't hadn't seen it for a while. I saw it when it first came out. Seen it a few times, uh, and then rewatching it sort of this last week, uh, I put it on. And I, as I was taking my notes, give you a bit of a peek behind the curtain, I wrote comedy at the top of my page so I could sort of write down the comedic bits. And then quite early on, I then sort of halfway down the page wrote the word drama to see like some drama points. I ended up writing more things in the drama section than I did in the comedy section. And drama doesn't necessarily mean sad or harrowing. It, it's just these little character moments that, uh, yeah, that, that expand the world and, and, and let us learn a little bit more about our characters. And so there's a, there's a few that, that stand out. I mean, the, the biggest one, and I've got it as my first what about when, but we've mentioned it here already and I'd love to talk about it now. And it's, it's when, you know, we're, we're completely not expecting it. Ricky's just had his, his birthday, uh, his 13th birthday, and he's, he's been welcomed into this home and he's quite happy there now. He's not running away anymore. Um, and so the next day he, he, he gets a dog for his birthday, a brand new dog. So he's out training it, playing fetch, having a good time, running around the grass. And, and all of a sudden, Tupac, <laughs> the dog just starts running to the house. He's like, slow down, Tupac, what's mm. going on? And just walks he around knows. the barn and you just see like half hanging sheets, half hung sheets on the on the clothesline and, and Uncle Heck just on the ground, bawling his eyes out, cradling mm. Auntie Bella who's just who's just on the ground and and you instantly know what's happened and he peeks around the, the corner and it, it you are completely taken uh, the, with the rug pulled pulled out from under mm. you, it, it, you are not ready for this, and then it just smash cuts straight to the funeral mm-hmm. of just yeah. the, the the cardboard box in the tiny in the tiny church. Uh, yeah, it's just it you you do not expect it, and uh, and it's yeah, I think very purposeful and very powerful uh, that moment. Um, and yeah, the film's film's much better off. It was so sad to lose Bella. She was as I as I said, such a warm character and. And yeah, it uh, uh, the catalyst of her dying for them running away into the bush together was um, yeah was was really clever and and unexpected. I think you you mentioned earlier that there was oh did you mention it? Maybe I was thinking it, but there's a theme of Bella that goes throughout the entire movie. Yeah, and so she's she's felt throughout the entire film. Now she's 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 felt obviously because both of them have gone through the loss of her especially heck you know he's he's just constantly grieving through pretty much the entire film and everything he does every time he he loses it and gets angry you can boil down to his loss of patience and he's reacting and this is a way that he's actually allowed to grieve yeah. um absolutely you know, and it, he just boils over every now and then 
because he's going through all this stuff as well. But I, I was watching and trying to trying to look a bit deeper and I thought, you know, she plays this amazing Ricky Baker birthday song on the uh, Casio keyboard. And I realized that the entire film is scored. Not, and I'm not talking where they play music. You know, they play a Leonard Cohen song, Cohen song and yeah, you know, they'll awesome play moment. music. But where you see the score that, that drives the emotion in some scenes with just a nice little music piece, it's played on what I imagine to be that same Casio keyboard. It's played through some little 80s synth. All of it. It even I think it even opens with the music of that. They love the drone shots. New Zealand's a, a yeah. beautiful, picturesque place. So drones everywhere. Gorgeous. And, you know, why not do it in a place like that? But that Casio keyboard appears all throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I um, hadn't noticed that. That's a... Yeah. yeah no, that, I, I didn't pick up on that. It um, was nice I, how I, they did that with the music. Yeah, the um, music was stunning. Like, the, the, the music throughout the entire film is just gorgeous. But no, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't picked up on that. That's, that's really sweet. That's yeah. a really nice touch. Um, that that was one. You know, the Leonard Cohen song that came in, I, I wish I wrote it down, but the lyrics... Yeah, Tiger is a huge Leonard Cohen fan. Man, it talks about... Oh, I can't even remember, but it's directly relevant to losing someone and, and looking for freedom. And, you know, it's a really nice song that ties everything that happens into it. So maybe I'll, I'll try and search for it before we go so I can say the name of the song. But um, it, there's also that scene, and I thought there's got to be something more to it, where they see this thought-to-be-extinct bird yeah, um, the Huya. The Huya. And I, I quickly had a look on Wikipedia to see what I could find. And, you know, it is an extinct bird. And it was yeah. quite important with the, with the Maori culture, you know, to, to, to wear feathers. And only people of, of high, um, high stature in a, in a community would actually wear the, wear the feathers. And they'd use them to trade. And the bird was yeah. on the North Island. And so if you saw it on the South Island, it was, it was used for trade, you know. So very special... Yeah. To, to to everything. But yeah. the, the bird it's a, that it's we actually saw, quite a sad story how that bird went extinct. Yeah. Well yeah. before before we go there, no, the go, bird was also a, a female bird. Um, and that might have actually signified Bella. Um, that that was something that, you know, she brought these two together. And at the end of the film, it's the bird you know, at least, you know, they talk about, going you know, to let's, search for again. let's make an excuse for us to get back together. You know, I, yeah. I, oh, I've got to help you find that bird. You know, they really, yeah. they do love each other uh, and they will go together, but it's that bird again. So I, I felt maybe that bird had something really strong uh, to, to hold. And the bird was seen in the location where he brings, where Ricky brings out Bella's ashes. Yeah. It's after that moment, he's feel, he's comfortable enough to, to show Heck that he's, yeah. He's been carrying Bella the entire time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to, to finally lay her to rest at that waterfall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, if you want to learn a little bit of history, um, it'll be in the time code below if you want to skip this. But there's a yeah a cool little um, story that I learned listening to the audio commentary mm-hmm. uh, of the film. Taika talks about how the how the Huya went extinct. And yeah. sort of its last known sightings was around in the 1920s. Um, there are reports of it in the 50s, but they, they were never... Um, like substantiated to be true yeah never substantiated yeah. uh but there was a, a a prince who came over to new zealand for a trip i don't remember exactly which prince it was um and as a as a gift they gave they gave him the one of the tail feathers from the huya bird um and he ended up taking it back and it was just this thing where it became so popular that everyone wanted to have 
this this feather. Wow. And so these birds were just were literally hunted to extinction for mm. for their feathers, and then and traded out to the to um to the UK as well. So oh. yeah, really really sad stories to how the bird went. And Tyker says that he he always always dreamt of of you know being out with or camping or hiking and and spotting one. It's and it's it's still something that he would uh, would think about when when out in the in the country and in the bush. Uh, always, always keep your eye out because you you just you just no, never no. know. Yeah. I guess it might be very similar to our Tasmanian tiger. Yes, you know, it's yeah, an elusive the, the Tasmanian tiger, extinct being that some still think are there, and you know who knows, who knows? It's it's vastly un untouched wilderness in in both of those parts of the world. Yeah. Um, they, I, I think, I, I when I looked at it, I read also that it was quite an easy bird to catch. And they would catch one of the birds, but because they were so strong with their their partnerships, they would catch one and just wait for the other one to come when it called for its mate. Oh, wow. And they'd capture the other one like that as well. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, sad. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, getting back yeah, to sad it, I story. think Bella... But interesting nonetheless. Bella carries yeah, through the whole the film. Timestamp will come back in here, back to the film discussion. Welcome back if you there skipped you over Welcome the Hooya story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah. No, yeah, there's... The the character development for Ricky, there's a really, really poignant moment where they're they're Heck and, and Ricky are just starting to get to know each other out in the bush and he starts mm. telling the story about um Amber, his friend oh. Amber, and you don't oh hear a a lot, but you can see it on on Sam Neill's face when he, he tells the story about yeah, he, she went to this my friend went to this family and she started getting into trouble because she was telling, you know, stories about the dad and uh, and you just you you piece it together so quickly, and mm. and Uncle Heck does as well. And he kind of it's the first time that he he's kind of empathizes with yeah. with Ricky yeah. because he's like, oh wow, this kid has has legitimately led a a tough life, and yes. and and to be so young, yeah, uh, it plays it plays, but not that exact moment. Oh no, it does. This exact moment plays back a bit later when they realize that they're they're wanted men. You know, they're they're being hunted down. There's a there's a reward for them, and uh, and they're deciding whether to to run or or he's deciding whether to hand Ricky back. Um, he's like, just go back. You'll be fine. They'll put you in another family. And mm. and Ricky just 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 yells and it's like, you shut up. You're not listening. Nobody listens to me. There's no more homes. There's only juvie. Yeah. And yeah, Uncle Hex like, well. What's what's juvie? It's a juvenile prison, and it's it, that is the exact moment that Heck decides he's going to stick with this kid. Yeah, that's right. Because he yeah. he himself, as we just learn in that scene, he himself has been in prison and come out and uh, and yeah and and can't go back. Part of the whole reason for the manhunt is if he gets if he gets caught, he's going straight to prison. Yeah, he seemed really touchy with with being called, and I would be as well. You know, when the when the three other hunters come in and find them, which is a, a hilarious scene, but when he gets called a pervert, yeah, he is like, wait a second, triggered, so really I, triggered. You know, I'd be upset if someone did that, and I'd be really worried that someone gets the wrong idea or anything like that. But I'm thinking, hang on, there's something a little bit deeper here, so that might go a little bit into other things maybe you know uh heck is a is a grifter or he's a loner or, uh, who knows maybe he's often maybe he's had some issues as well yeah. who knows yeah lots i would imagine yeah but they do they it do is- reveal all these extra little uh, little levels of intensity 
um, yeah. in, in the telling of this, which goes back to what yeah. you were saying. You know, they don't, they don't have to say these things. The actors bring it out really well. And, and seeing, um, seeing Sam Neill in this role... He is oh. so good. He's just got this mood about him that is just it's all in so his eyes. Intense, he, yes. and he rocks a cool beard. Oh, is it one uh, for the ages. I think I want to grow another beard. He, um, <laughs> he, and he and were having like a, a beard growing competition during the making yeah. of this film. They shot this film in like twenty five days, which is it's nuts for for wow. For, yeah, for people who who sort of that means nothing too. It's impressive to film mm. to film in twenty five days of a movie of this scale uh, is very impressive. Yeah, they would have been moving so quickly. Oh, they had drones too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those shots and happened, ninjas. happened after. Lots and of ninjas. ninjas. Ninjas on payroll are easy because they're masked, and it could, you could just put anyone and say they're a ninja. You can hire anybody. Yeah, they're probably yeah. just people from the set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay. Um, do you want to do you want to talk any more about about Bella or about what? Who else? Oh, who else deserves I, a good mention? I, I could for hours. I think we've we've so we've touched on so the the cop Andy and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Paula and, the, the, and Paula uh, of the course. We've got child welfare. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we've got Ricky and and Uncle Heck and uh yeah bella of course reese darby's character psycho sam that's that's kind of it the three hunters okay. are probably worth a good mention yeah. um they're very funny and uh, uh and really good together um one of them is um who's the singer stan i'm not gonna get it oh, one of them's a very famous new zealand and australian singer. he lives in australia um, okay. Oh, I can't think of his name. People, really, people are going to be really yelling nice. at me right now on, on the screen or through their podcast app. It's fine. If I think <laughs> of it later, I'll, I, sh- I should have written it down. I was like, I'll remember. Damn it. Um, yeah, very, very um, uh, treasured uh, performer. Really? Uh, and a great actor as well. Yeah, he was the Did Maori, you- the Maori actor uh, out, of the, out of the three hunters. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for that. I'll take your word for them for that yeah yeah so um, they're really good is is he the guy who um i don't know i'm trying to picture them all now that uh when when ricky and heck come across the hunters again in the bush and this shit just he's the one that puts his hands again. straight up in the air <laughs> i still can't remember all i remember the, from those he's three got the bubble ganoush. ganoush guy yeah he's the bubble ganoush oh. guy that's awesome. I love that. The Bubba Ganesh yeah. guy. You know what I thought you were going to say earlier when you mentioned there was a, a scene that was used in the trailer? I think it was when you were talking about a comedic one and you spoke about the Terminator. Yeah, the um, Terminator scene is in the trailer. I thought you were going to mention another one that I think was in the trailer when they go to their first hut and they find the wanted sign and they read oh, the descriptions. I've got that as a what about when. It's so good. Yeah, oh. where they they go into the they they finally they find a hut for the first time. They've been the, the ankles healed quite early on, and yeah, they go into the hut and they they find out that they're famous. The title card comes up with the chapter just famous. Uh huh. And yeah, they go into the hut and and Ricky looks at the the descriptions yeah, at the description <laughs> on the wall and he's like, oh, look at this, Ricky Baker, thirteen, and uh, Hector Faulkner, sixty-five, 60, sixty something. Yeah, sixty. 60, 65, he looks at him, yeah. And he's like, Cork, Caucasian. Oh, they got that wrong. You're obviously white. <laughs> Clearly white. <laughs> it's oh. so good. 
I love that. Yeah, that's in yeah. the that's in the trailer as well. I thought oh, you were going to get it. It's a gem. What a that's, gem yeah, of that's a line. A, that'll that'll make an appearance in What About When? Yes, if people. Taika Taika was saying in the in the in the commentary that he legitimately didn't know what what Caucasian was until he was like embarrassingly old, like twenty. He is when he sort of realized what, oh, really? what Caucasian meant. He thought it meant Asian. He thought it was a, a type yeah. of Asian. So yeah, I I it's was the same. Word. I think I, I didn't know. I didn't think I didn't know what it was until I was probably embarrassingly too old as well. But yeah, such a funny line, and he delivers it perfectly. Julian Dennison is yeah. is a treasure in this film. What a good find! Tiger's really good at yeah. at finding young young comedic uh, and dramatic actors. I mean, you look at. You know, this and, and Boy and, like, Jojo Rabbit as the most recent example at the time of, of this recording. Um, the, the young kid in that, uh, Roman, is, is really good. Um, Julian's done a, a couple of films. I looked on his IMDb profile. He's got a couple of films that he's done before that. Um, but this one, I guess, would this be his breakout role? This would be, yeah, this is absolutely his breakout role. And then he's, he's gone on to do other things as well. He was in Deadpool 2, I think, is probably the biggest film that he's done. Since, oh, uh, since this that. one. Yeah, he's great in that as well. Cool. Yeah, he's done well. He's done well. Hopefully, he'll still do more yeah. well stuff. Yeah, very he's deserving. a twin too. He's a I, twin. I think I knew that, but I, yeah. I hadn't had it confirmed. Yeah, I think I saw an interview where he mentioned his brother. Yeah, yeah. Meh. Cool. Both lovely kids. Anyway, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. No, so, there's, there's, there's so much to talk about. Like, we talked about the, the Bella's Ashes and... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the fight before they go on the run. Nobody listens to me. They'll send me to juvie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's all like the comedy and the the heart and the drama. They work so seamlessly together. You you can't have one without the other. Like the the comedy wouldn't be as funny if the movie didn't have as much heart, and you wouldn't feel those those real beautiful moments um, unless the movie was was hysterical and you were endeared to these characters. Yeah, it's a. It's a perfect mix, this film. Um, I think it's wonderful and definitely deserving of, of having a spot on the movie calendar. Yes, we've got a good date for it as well, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Reese Darby? Okay, not, sure. not too yeah. much. I think just, look, I don't want to spoil too many what about whens, but it was so nice to see him in this film. And, yeah. you know... Again, I think I said earlier that this this film has so many great lines. When I watch it, I try to, you know, I jot down a note quickly of what was amazing so that I don't have to miss too much. I was pausing nearly after every line was delivered. I'm like, oh, got to write that one down too. Play. Oh, pause. There's so, there's <laughs> so many. Again. It's infinitely quotable. But the when they when they're in their bunk in Reese Darby's in in Psycho Sam's caravan and you know there's a really nice touching scene in the it's beautiful when they when they turn out the lights and another haiku gets read and yeah. you know i think Ricky's that's where he about says heck. yeah and i think that's where heck says you know you're quite likable and they yeah go, all right it's, it's like it's the first because he goes silent yeah and he's like didn't yeah. you like it he's like no it's just the it's the I've never heard my name in a poem before. Yeah, it was it was really nice. And they talk about oh, it's um, so good. Some, Watch this some movie. Families don't have children, and some kids want them but can't have them, and some can have them but don't want them. You know that was incredibly poignant, and you could see Ricky yep. just kind of having this realization that oh, she didn't want me. He started to go back into that 
that stream of consciousness again and Hex like, ah, oh, don't be silly. She was probably just too young. She loved you. Don't worry about that, you know. Yeah. Like, Whoa, he's such yeah. a protector. He's such a lovely guy. We haven't really spoken too much about themes for this one, um, but no. if there was one overarching, it would definitely be the theme that family can come from anywhere. Family can come from anywhere and how important family is. I actually did write that down. There's, it's right towards the end in the like the, the scrap metal yard where right, he says, you don't, you don't quit on family. I can't remember the line. I'll find it here, but he said something. You don't trade yeah. family for anything. Yeah. That's it. And Ricky screams it. Um, you know, it's so hard because he's just found a family. Finally. Yeah. Finally. So you can, you can so totally understand Ricky's reaction when Heck is ready to give up. Yeah. Because he, he's feeling abandoned again in his life. You know, he yeah. loses his, his mom and his dad and his other families and he's in and out of juvie and lost Bella. Like he's just, he's been... He's been abandoned so many times in his life. So once he built this incredible relationship and they were out together in the wild for months and months, mm. uh, like a long, long time. It was probably like six months. And because uh, at one point they say, how long has it been since you showered? Oh, like a month or we've been out for four months. You never really know how long it's been. But you uh, see but it snow. Long enough. Yeah, like it snow. <laughs> Accident, by the way, it wasn't supposed to snow and they just, they happened oh. to catch a day where it, where it snowed for a couple of hours and then they had this nice thing and they shot everything in the snow like in the next few few hours while it was still fresh. That's uh, so All cool. real, all real snow, very lucky. Tyker was hoping for it, but they actually got it. Uh, but yeah, so really then nice. Heck, like when Heck is like, I, I give up, yeah, Ricky's probably feeling abandoned again and, and yeah, has like dramatically overreacts as a, you know, young teenager probably would who's been through what he's been through. Yeah, it's it's really well earned that that ending. Uh, it, like it makes sense for all of the characters. It's a it's a very strong family, you know, bonding type of of film, and and how at the end they come together, and he's I'm guessing adopted or fostered by the other other family that uh, yeah. that we've had a brief encounter with. Yeah, was a really found. nice way for that to um, to come together. I, yeah, I that do, was nice. you know. I, the way Sam Neill did this role, I think he really, you know, while Julian Dennison is incredible, a great actor, and he he did so well with all this, I think Sam really, I feel Sam held this together. Yeah, he was the MVP. Of, yeah, absolutely. And he's so subtle. You said it was all in his eyes. Oh, look, the, he has this, at a glance. this gruff exterior and through the singing of the R- Ricky Baker, oh, oh Ricky Baker, you know, just, just how you get a shot of him every now and then and he is yeah. not having a bar of it. He no, hates that he he's has sort to of sit here through this. He's nearly embarrassed. Him. Yeah. He's nearly embarrassed. But when they give him his present, when they, they give Ricky Tupac and um, Bella and Heck are standing at the back of the shed and you see kind of a long shot where they're in the distance... And they're hugging each other and Hex yeah, like... Yeah, they love each other so good. much. They love each other so much. And Bella gives him a little squeeze like, come on, yeah. give us oh. a smile. And it's the first so time real. nothing happens. But after that, he kind of like nearly nuzzles into her. And yeah. he's, he's, he's so in love with her. And he so shows this, this adoration for everything that she's doing for this poor kid. And, fi- and that's the first time I saw him break. And I was like, oh, okay, this, mm. he's a nice guy. 
He's a nice guy. Yeah. Good. We're just going to get through that exterior. And he, here's the, the the king the king of the reaction shot. Like during mm. the the amber story, it just it flashes to him for just a few frames, and he just just the way he darts his eyes at Ricky, the realization on his face. Mm. It's all it's all there in that fraction mm. of a second. It's such a good performance, and he does yeah. it multiple times during the film. Like when he finds Ricky for the first time out in the wilderness because he's run away, uh, and they have this argument. Like I hate you. I hate you too. And Ricky says. Kill I hope you die. <laughs> he says, I hope you die. And Heck goes, me too. But it's, it tells you, that told you so much about that character because he, he genuinely in that moment, like he's, he wants to die. He's going to go out into yeah. the wilderness and just, and that's it. He's just going to live the rest of his life out there until he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's already said, oh, I'm going to go bush. I'll go yep. bush for a bit. And, and when that child services letter comes through. And he, yeah. and he tells Ricky to read the letter. Read it. Read this out loud. loud. We don't we know. Don't know we can't read yet. Read. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, Sam does a good job. And you said it's all in the eyes. He's wearing this broad-brimmed yeah. hat. Like, I really like... Yeah. There, I really like that when, when Ricky read that letter, it's read entirely while the camera is looking at Uncle Hector. Really? Because it's being read. Yeah, it's being read... And he's he's processing the letter as if he, let the letter as if he yes. is reading it. Yes, because it, he is for the first time. So mm. you get to watch the reaction on his face during the entire letter of of it, it, it saying that the services are going to take Ricky Baker back now that Bella's gone. And yeah, yeah you watch his performance in that, and it's just it's it's amazing. He's so good in this role, the best he's been since Jurassic Park, probably even better. Mm. I think it's his best role. I haven't seen everything he's done. But uh, he's he's marvelous. Yeah, no, he's good. The, the the way they bring the character to life and and allow him to open up ever so gently more and more to Ricky. I mean, Ricky also saves his life. He yep. jumps in front of the wild pig and oh, nails that shot. So good. He's got you the know. knack. He's got the knack. Yeah, and you know <laughs> it's, it's that he has to put his own dog down. Oh. You know, he's like, just go. Yeah, I got to do this, and you see it. Oh, and and when they're when they're building the little the little shrine to to Zag, oh yeah, um, you know what are you scratching on there, Zag? And he goes, "Yep, good, yeah, okay, that's good, good. yep, yeah, that's all just, you need." It's a beautiful film, and like you said, yep. you know, you thought it was a comedy, and turned out more drama. I think yep. it's a drama that's dotted with funny bits. Yeah, um, like it's it's re- it's really well done i really like how it ends as well this will probably be the last thing do you have anything else because this will be the last thing i say before i want to go into what about when's um no i think yes yes i do i do i do i do yeah um one other thing to what well, yeah the um one the, other thing <laughs> there's a there's a reference to animal farm um, the book yeah, the book Animal Farm. Uh, at yeah. the beginning, it's one of the books that Bella leaves for Ricky in the room. And in the first hut that they find, they go in and he goes, books, you know, toilet paper, fire. And he's looking at the books and he... Is it the same book? And does He, he put puts, Animal, Farm, he puts on Animal Farm on and takes another book. So he's like swapping them out as he goes. Oh, isn't he a nice boy? Yep. Okay. I, w- I was thinking maybe there was something about Animal Farm, and then I'm trying to think back to grade eight when we did Animal <laughs> Farm in school. I think, oh, and all I remember is some. We're all equal, but some of us are more equal than others. That's all I remember yeah. from that whole book. And I'm trying to think: is that legit with something that's going on? I don't know. 
I don't know. I did want to say, yes, there were two things. I think there were a couple of little parallels to a lot of other films here with little pieces. Um, not when they talk about other films, like like one that we're going to hear Terminator about and what about when. And, and yeah. Um, at the end, did it remind you a little bit of Thelma, Thelma and Louise? The uh, driving a lot of Thelma and Louise into in the, the driving. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also uh, Butch Cassidy. No. Um, what's the... Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, Bonnie. Okay, yeah. The, yeah, the, the two runaway. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought maybe a bit of Blues Brothers. With this over yeah, the, the car, like the chase. Ju- just the random <laughs> car that flies up was so great. I yeah. think Tiger would have loved doing that. Um, and well, it, they drive the car over the over the road where there's a tourist taking photos, and it goes behind yeah. him. And then there's that cop car that flips over the other one. But I think just the whole the craziness of well, it looks like they got the whole army after them. They're yeah. not even cri- you know. Well, they don't know they're criminals. So there's that, and you know, there's there's another point, a link to the sound of music. Here we go. Uh, when they're across the, the ravine, Terminator moment. Right. And Paula realizes she's not going to get them to surrender themselves. Have you seen The Sound of Music? Yes, not for many years. We're going to talk about it here and it will go on the movie. Look, I don't know if it will. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, they go. We'll talk about it. <laughs> they're hiding out from the Gestapo, the family towards the end of the film. And the oldest daughter has a relationship with... Uh, with a boy who turns out to be a soldier and they they're looking through the monastery and he sees her and she steps out and they have a talk and she says Hans I think his name's Hans Friedrich Fred I don't know it's fine you know shh, please be quiet and he's yep. like and he has a turning point and he just whistles and goes they're, they're here I felt right. that exact same thing that's the, with that's Paula the, the link and she's like they're here I've got them because she realises no can't do it. I don't think Taika would have written it like that, thinking of the sound of music. Yeah. Um, and who I knows? see you're going, shut up, Terence. Shut no, no, up who- with your links. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm very proud of you for keeping that one under a minute. Like, uh, that's, that's, I'm, I'm genuinely super impressed. That's wonderful. We don't have to time code that one. That's great. Oh, just time code. I can talk longer. <laughs> No, it's okay. We'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to move on. Um, yeah, let's keep No, I just before we move on to, the, to What About When, I just want to say I really love how this movie ends. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of the traditional Hollywood ending of, you know, it's all, everyone's back together and, and you know, everything always works out for our protagonists. Um, but in this one, I think it's really well earned. I think the journey that the characters go on, uh, it makes complete sense for them to end up where they are. And... Yeah. It only happens in the epilogue anyway. So, like, the the movie, if you take out the epilogue, ends with, you know, them getting captured and, heck, going to, to prison. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I really like that, that the ending is is what it is, where they get back together and then end up back out in the bush to try and find the, the Hooya bird. Yeah. Uh, it's really sweet and, and wholesome. It's Yeah, I love the wholesome ending. It is. And a call back, I think, doesn't heck say Skuck's life? Yeah, yeah. We didn't choose the... The Skuck's Life. That's really cool. Skuck's Life chose us. I like that. So good. All right. And with that, we're going to move on to uh, the segment called What About When? Uh, So the whole idea with this one is, uh, you know, when you you see a movie for the first time with your friends, you leave the theater and you haven't quite processed it yet. So you just, you know, the moments that you're talking about are what about this and what about that? So we've got a few listed down here. We've probably talked about all of them already, but we'll we'll have a bit of a dive into these. I've got a few. Um, if you want to reach out to us with your what about whens for films, 
um, do it Twitter, Instagram, they're both at the movie cal. Comment down below on YouTube here. Um, feel free to email us. Uh, all of these will be in the links. Uh, all these links will be in the description below. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you have any? I didn't receive any. What about wins on my end this week? Uh, I, did. I believe you have. Cool. I did. Let's, let's go. We have. So now I've got a few from around the place, including from me. Uh, let's go with one from Instagram, Steffi R. What about the Ricky Baker song? Yeah, that is just yeah. classic. This was hard not to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was this was great. The little Ricky. If you haven't seen the film, there's a, a great little song that that Auntie Bella plays for Ricky's birthday. Um, it's super cute, and uh, and yeah, you can you can listen to it. You can find it available to listen somewhere. It'll be on YouTube. It is on YouTube. There's a lyric wanna, video, video of it as well. It. Uh, mm-hmm. It's super sweet. There's a, a really fun fact about that scene is that. They did about 10 takes of her singing Happy Birthday. Yeah. And this this film was made at a time when the Happy Birthday song was in copyright. So the Happy Birthday song was owned by Warner Brothers, I believe, at the time under copyright. And so, yeah, they, they'd gone through about 10 takes and then a producer came over and was like, you can't, you can't use that song. It's <laughs> not unless you want to pay Warner Brothers a fortune for it. Um, so they... They bought out this little Casio keyboard, and the 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 actor who plays Bella Faulkner um, just made it up right there on the spot, and she just she just did that on her own. Uh, so sweet, so cool. Um, I love that 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 yeah, necessity being the mother of all invention. Uh, wow. uh, with everything, including cinema. And so, yeah, we got that really beautiful moment out of absolute necessity because they couldn't afford to sing Happy Birthday. You can do it now. You can sing Happy Birthday in any film now. It is out of mm. copyright. But yeah, at the time, they couldn't sing it. Oh, man. Was it that one take? Do you, like, do you know any more about it? Oh, it they probably took a few. Takes? I don't know, but she she came up with that. Wow. Yeah, Rima. She's name amazing. Rima. Yeah, I've got a Rima... Rima- Rima Tewata. When she performs that, she also messes up and has to start again in in the song. Next time you watch it or watch it on YouTube and you notice she does a little stuff up and she goes, ah, and and goes back a little bit and does it again. It's it's unnoticeable. I didn't notice that at all. It seems so fluid. Go watch it. It's amazing. The song also comes back in the credits later as well, which is super nice. Performed by... a band, like, uh, you know, written no idea oh, who it is. You can by look the that way, up. while we're talking about songs, the Leonard Cohen song was called The Partisan. Oh, awesome. So go look that up and look at the lyrics and see the relevance. Um, All right. Next, have. what about when? Next, what about Thank when? you, Steph. Uh, she she did say two others. She loves. She oh, said, cool. what about the this shit just got real scene? Oh, he, yeah, with the rifle. This shit yeah. just got real. This I don't, shit just got real. I don't know if this is, I don't know how to do games. Oh, who knows? I don't yeah, know anyway, how to fire again. That's really cool. And she also said that uh, uh, Sam Neill's haiku at the end was the best haiku. Uh, it was touching and her favorite one. Um, yeah, that's I, a sweet one. I, I'm going to read that one out. I'm going to read Go it out. Go for it. That's a sweet one. I'm going to read it like he did. Me and this fat kid, we ran, we ate and read books. And it was the best. The best. Yeah. Very it was cool. really, really sweet. And he's he's reading as well, um, sitting mm. on the step when Ricky turns up, which it's nice to see that he's uh, he's learning how to read, yep. uh, inspired by Ricky. Um, yeah, that's super sweet. Uh, so those were the three from Steph. Yeah. I've got yeah, a few more. Yeah, they're really cool. 
Yeah, Let's go for it. You. No, no, you do. Uh, well, mine, mine, are, mine are, are mine. I'd rather, just in case we oh, run okay. out of time, I'd rather right. do the, the people who have actually contributed. Okay, that was Steph. Now, my wife said, look, you've got to do this. What about when we see that whole funeral scene play out? Oh, it's so good. That's that's oh, one of mine. I've got the, the minister at the funeral. Um, in actually inspired. This scene was inspired by something that actually happened to Taika Waititi. Uh, he went to a funeral and there was a minister like this. No joke. No word of a lie. It is based on, on, on reality, which is just so weird and bizarre. But yeah, Taika Waititi himself, if you weren't aware, um, in the director, actor that he is, he plays the minister. Uh, with another glorious beard and it's just it's one of the funniest scenes where he's talking about you know when at sometimes in life you you come up to doors (laughs) and there's a there's an easy door to go through that's just full of all these beautiful treats like you know the nummiest nummiest treats fanta and lmp and doritos doritos it's the dorito door and then what's behind the other door (laughs) <laughs> was it, yeah. Vegetables. Ricky jumps in with is it vegetables? <laughs> no, it's not vegetables. Oh, it's about something some, about Mary. There's something yeah. about Mary connection where he's got the seven minute abs, and Ben Stiller's character goes, "What about six minute abs?" He goes, no, no, not six minute abs. Seven minute abs. Okay, if you've seen something about Mary, you know what I'm talking about. Get back to it. Yeah, yeah and the second a, door. No, we're done. You broke the flow. That's yeah. You've seen the movie. <laughs> second door. Um, it's such a good scene. That's such a good Jesus. scene. All right. Um, yeah, I've got that one down. Okay, what about when... Um, this one is also from my wife. What about when he references Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah, we're there. So, complete accident on the day. They were just looking for a place for, for the two actors to hide while the sort of cops and SWAT... And they're not, they're not SWAT, but they're... You know, you know what they are. They're, they're the actual cops with guns are searching for them and they are down on the little bank. And yeah, they're hidden, hidden underneath, and the the police are walking up above them. And yeah, Ricky Baker's has got the. It's, it's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to mime what Lord of the Rings is, and heck, has no idea what's going on. And yeah, they they end up getting out, and he's like, "It was like Lord of the Rings." <laughs> yeah, complete accident. They um they they were just looking for a place for the the guys to hide, and um. And yeah, it just it just organically happened because it just they weren't trying to do it, but it just looked so much like that scene that they had to call it out, otherwise other people would have. Uh, wait, it was an accident. What do you mean? Did they just dad lib that? Well, no. So they they'd set up the shot. Yeah. They're like, school, you guys are gonna have to hide. We have to find a, a, a place for you to do it, and they just they set it up, and then like as they were doing it, they were like, oh, it it's like Lord of the Rings. Like we can't. We can't not address it. Like, if we don't say it, some other people will. So, yeah. Oh, I just like in. how Ricky stands up and he goes, I was, gonna, I was trying to tell you, it's like Lord of the Rings. And then just so <laughs> nonchalantly and just walks yeah. off. And yeah. Sam Neill's face heck, is just... Heck has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> that, it's great. That was beautiful. Um, I have one. Do you... Do you okay, I'm going to say one word and I'm going to let you do it if you have this one. Um um, Trapdoor bu- bunker, yeah, yeah. You, you did. <laughs> so yeah, so this is my what did, was this your what about when or is this someone else's as this well? This was mine, but I don't. Okay, wanna, cool. So this is Terence and mine's what about when? So yeah, and like again, in the spirit of when you leave the theater, this is what you think about. Um, yeah, this one for sure. When they're at 
They're at Psycho Sam's house. They're kind of getting comfortable. They've stayed the night. You know, Hex out the back having a having a smoke, and you know, <laughs> Ricky sees the the police are coming through the bushes, and so he runs around like, "We've got to go. We've got to go." No, it's fine. We've got plenty of time. No, we've got to go. They're here. They're here. The police are here. Runs in and tells Sam and. Oh, there's the jetpack line before that as well. Sam, what's the fastest way out of here? Jetpack. Yeah, but jetpack. No, what? <laughs> they go around the back. Um, they're like, we have to get out of here. How do we do it? And Sam just remembers instantly. Oh, my God. I've got a trap door. We can go through the trap door. Yes. They run around the back and he lifts up the handle of the door and it's just <laughs> on the flat ground. And he's like, oh, I haven't dug it yet. <laughs> In my underground bunker. It's what have too I good. been doing with my life? It's too good. I don't do it justice. <laughs> Reese Darby is a far better comedian than I will ever hope to be. It's it's worth seeing the film for that moment alone. It's too good. That is great. Yeah, I haven't I haven't dug it yet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then his reaction is, I don't know what we can do. Quick, play dead. Yeah. <laughs> it won't work if we don't all do it. Ah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Yeah, brilliant. Yes, I like I like that uh, so that's a it. little bit. So that's what about when? Uh, if you'd like to contribute to this segment in the future, we're going to announce what we're going to be speaking about next week very soon. If you have any what about whens for that film, which there will be plenty, um, especially one big one, you'll know it as soon as I mention what the film is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can reach out Twitter, Instagram uh, at the Movie Cal uh, or comment down below. Uh, but now it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for, the reason why we do this whole thing. If I uh, had a are, Casio Tone MT-11 32-key, I would play an intro theme song. We don't have a theme song. Uh, we are at the movie calendar. So it's time to choose a date that this film is going to go on. Now, we didn't collaborate on this one before we started this episode, but right before we started recording... I was like, I have a date in mind. And Terence had a date in mind. I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. And then we realized that it was the exact same date, which we were super happy with. So mm-hmm. uh, then by all means, Terence, do the honors of telling everybody when this film is going on the movie calendar and right. why. Okay, so we have to do it justice. It would have been great if we knew the date that Ricky Baker's birthday fell on. This that would have been, been awesome. the very first birthday that he's experienced. It's the first time he's felt like he's belonged. There's so much weight yep. behind this moment. We thought, let's find out. Uh, Leah's reached out to Tyka. I he's tried. Reached out. I tried tweeting. I tweeted at yeah. Tyka and I tweeted tweeted at Julian Dennison, and uh, no response. But um, hey, that's all right. That's just the way it goes. And maybe there was no birth date. It's it is irrelevant in the film. Possibly, who knows? But we thought, you know, what what are some other things we can do? And I think. Almost to honour that, it was, you know, let's see if we can find out what Julian Dennison's birthday is. And we did. And we're going to put it on his birthday because this is also an incredibly huge film in his career. Yeah. And Breakout role. Birth- and I, am I announcing or are you announcing? You've announced it. You you keep you you do it. Go. You're well, people could have googled it in the time, but yeah. So it is going on officially <laughs> on the movie calendar. Hunt for the Wilder People will be on October twenty sixth. Yes. Ta-da, here it is on the screen. Yay. Yeah. So really cool. So on that day, uh, going forward, if you're wondering what film you can watch, you've got it there. Open the calendar. Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Enjoy. Great film. Yeah, Enjoy. I'm really happy with I'm happy with that. I would have loved to have found out Ricky Ricky Baker's birthday, but didn't get it in time. That's okay. It's 
locked in now. It is on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Still no word yet about the John Wick date. Yeah, uh, if, still you, a- if you were here last week, that one's still out in the open, open in the air. If you are, yeah. if you want to find out, we're trying to find out what date. 8711, which is the production company, the stunt production company that it was founded by um, uh, the directors, David Leach and the other one. Chris, uh, Chad Stahelski. Uh, Chad Stahelski. I'm so sorry, Chad. Uh, we're trying to find out what, like they're ever going to watch this, uh, <laughs> what date uh, What date 8711 was founded. So it was founded in 1997. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know what date in that year was that company founded so that we can put the movie John Wick on that date. So first person to find that out gets a free movie calendar when this is all finished in however many years it takes. Mm-hmm. But and you know about that already. We should also say, the, also say the movie calendar is going to be a physical, like a calendar. It's not yeah, going to be like that a we send calendar. you the movies that are on yeah. the calendar. It'll be, Don't be It'll be digital. It'll be available for digital purchase as well. We'll make up a nice digital we calendar that you it. can purchase. Um, yep. But a physical one we're hoping to do, which will be nice to have, have in, the, in the home. In the living room. Um, yeah, pop it, up, pop it up in the in your bathroom, wherever you <laughs> wherever you put your calendar. I haven't owned a physical calendar for years, but this will be definitely one to get. This will be the first one. All awesome. right, so, so next uh, week. Yes, all right, wow. next week. We finally got there. Next week. We thought this episode was going to be shorter. Let's not do that joke again, legitimately. I think it's shorter uh, than other ones, yeah. It, I bit. think it has been shorter. Well, we'll get to the end right now. So we're going to be taking a, a dive into a genre of film that we haven't yet in the movie calendar. Now, I know that we're quite a young podcast. Um, so in the spirit of that, if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, um, a very small thing that you can do to help us out. As you've probably noticed or may not have noticed, there has been no ads uh, for for this. Um, that is a deliberate thing uh, to, uh, at this stage to, um, you know, to, while we're young, uh, a young podcast to, uh, you know, just make it a bit easier for our audience. Um, so, yeah, a thing that you can do to help us out is to hit the like button on uh, on YouTube here. That'll help if you if you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe already. Uh, and if you are listening to us uh, in audio format, uh, most people listen through the, the podcast app on iTunes. You can give us a review, a nice review through the, the app uh, right on your device, right on your phone. Um, and that'll help us out as well to help get discovered. So thank you for that in advance. Yeah, we're on right. Spotify and Breaker and a few others too. So yep. check them all out. Yep. Yeah, huge, huge percentage mostly listen through the podcast app. But yeah, yeah. If, if on your app of choice, um, if you give us a nice review, that'll be that'll be super lovely. Um, right. So yeah, next week, next uh, we're week? delving into the realm of sci-fi for the first time. There was a few different films that we wanted to talk about with sci-fi and they will be talked about in the future. Mm-hmm. But we decided to go with a classic uh, for the first one that we spoke about. So next week, make sure you think of a date and get in your hashtag whataboutwhens all about the movie Alien. Now that is Ridley Scott's Alien, not James Cameron's Aliens. That might make a, a spot in the calendar at some point, who knows? Uh, but Alien, yeah, the original uh, sci-fi horror classic. This is not one for the children. Uh, do not watch this one with the kids. This is an adults-only affair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, give that one a rewatch if you haven't seen it recently. Um, check out your local streaming services or rent or buy it uh, mm-hmm. to give it a watch before next week. And yeah, give us your contribution so that we can we can talk all about Alien. Yeah, and if you've got any feedback for us, let us know. Email us, jump on the website. We've got a contact form. Yes, we are still young. We hope we can deliver this stuff as as concise and as well as we can so please help us out and we'll make it something that you actually might want to listen to the whole thing of one day yeah 
Yeah, All right, we got beautiful. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed uh, to this week's episode. Thank you so much. We um, we really appreciate it. We still haven't had anyone pick a date for a movie on the calendar as of yet. Uh, so yeah, first one of those will be will be really nice. Um, so yeah, be sure to to get those in. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see you next week. Thank you so yeah. much, Terence. Do it uh, no for this once again. And we'll uh, yeah, week. we'll see you next week for Alien. Bye. Cheers, everyone. All right. Bye.